breakfast puppies? This podcast contains adult language and content and is meant for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The Glitter Boys! Today, we are diving into book three of the Palladium Fantasy Role-Playing Series. Now, if you listen to our last couple where we talked about this, uh, this follows a similar format because there is both a first edition and a second edition version of this book. Now, this is the last one, I believe, where they do that. After this, the books are either first edition or second edition. Yeah, until we get into like heroes and whatnot. I think they have the same, yeah. Let's see. After this, we got like the Northern Wilderness stuff and whatnot, mm-hmm. and they never really converted those. They just sort of, I don't know. They did they did something with them later, later, further down the line. But at least with old ones and high seas, we have first and second edition versions. Okay, we're going to tell you about them and compare them and why they're awesome. We'll just start staring at the cover. Like first and foremost, I gotta say I love the sepia of the of the old version versus the like uh, the the necreous green of of the second one yeah I, the the monster is better than the hand i don't like I, is that a dwarf because he's awful skinny i think it's either a dwarf or just a really short bearded guy <laughs> i don't know the short guy he's bearded and he's got a helmet with horns on it that's a dwarf <laughs> yeah and i mean i don't i don't like his cutlass i don't i don't like the neckerchief on the bard I... that guy is going to lose the arrow because it's on the outside of his thumb. Like I I don't like the second edition cover. I think it's garbage. I I like the first edition better for, for in every way. Oh, it's it's beautiful. I think yeah. it's a more beautiful painting. I like the font because it's still mm-hmm. continuing the original blocky as if it was carved in stone kind of font. Yeah. Uh, and that ship, that ship is gorgeous. That is a well-done ship. The monster is kind of amorphous. Well, not amorphous, but it's not as detailed as you might expect. You know, I mean, it's a sea serpent, but it doesn't look like I'm a sea serpent. It looks like a tentacled horror from the deep. And it's yeah, it's that's wonderful. exactly what it is. Yeah. And it, it has a, a decent ship on it, too. You know, so this was where young Nathaniel first learned <laughs> the different names of ships. This book. Yeah. When this book entered my library as a kid, I devoured it and read about all the boats and was super, super fascinated and then forgot. Oh, no. Okay, (laughs) good. Because um, I have some notes on the ship names and types because they're not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Well, anyway, this is following in the tradition of the previous book. We've got a book that gives you several settings all across Mm -hmm. the world. It gives you people in those settings. It gives you adventures in those settings. And if again, follows the same format. We open up with some new character classes and skills. Now, something you might be familiar with. If you look at the old Palladium books, they've kind of done away with this in the more recent stuff. But Back in the day before they didn't really have a huge internet presence and, and an ability to answer questions more quickly, errata of previous books would appear yes. at the beginning of a new book. And this is no exception. I know I often talk about art and I'm I'm going to this time too, because I think it deserves mention. I love the 70s style line drawings and 
I, it's hard for me to make out, but I think these are by, um, uh, they're either by uh, Kowarski or um, Astrakhan. It could be. It- on, the, on the first gen one. I love that line drawing with like the, uh, in front of the castle under siege with the uh, like, like 70s uh, framework around it. That's like quasi medieval. Yeah. It's gorgeous. I have always loved that style. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's more of that wonderful art that sold me on the first book. You mm-hmm. know, like like the long bowmen or the the very simple line art of just two people duking it out in combat. This is much more of that, and it's again why I love this book. Yeah, there's some interesting things um, in the in the first book. Like they start talking about age. I don't I don't agree with how they chose to do age because they gave no benefits to it. It's odd that there's no wisdom kind of thing to it. Like there's yeah. uh. Like I, I know in my own personal, you know, aging, as I'm sitting here staring at my salt and pepper beard, um, which is increasingly becoming more salt, that I have gained a significant amount of understanding, which I think would probably be like uh, M.A., like how, how you would MA put that all together. is more how you present to people. Uh, you know, oh, the, the fact that everything just goes down and nothing goes up, it is mm. unusual. Because like, a lot yeah. of RPGs, if they have aging mechanics, will then add like wisdom. Your wisdom increases your your knowledge or whatever. However, the case could be made that that's what experience is. It it could be because you have all these other skills. You have all these other yeah. And I was thinking of that too. I would like to say that this doesn't exist in the next in the second edition. Now it may be covered in other places in the second edition of. Um, just Palladium Fantasy, and I don't honestly recall if it is. Yeah, I I don't either. It's it's just it's just not there. They go straight to skills. Yeah, I'm I'm looking right now in second edition. Yeah, they basically just start with the classes and the new skills and yeah, new magic. So yeah, here's here's one other way that they differ. Some of the optional rules in here are not in the second edition version. However, many of them got ported into the main book. So perhaps someone can educate me on this. Perhaps the main second edition book now has the aging rules. I didn't go back and check because honestly, I just ignore those rules. I don't think I've ever used aging stat mechanics in a role playing game. I've had them inflicted on me before, but yeah. There are a lot of really interesting skills here, which wouldn't come up. Except when you desperately need them because you want to do something. And as a person who pulls weird shit out of any orifice he can find (laughs) constantly, I love that there are skills that that will cover it. Do you need to know how to breed and train dogs? Do you know what happens if you fail the role? What about falconry? Do you know why it's important to hood your falcon before you take it inside? Yeah. Well, Kevin Ciambietta knows. (laughs) and He wrote it right here. I love, I I will say this. I I know that Kevin does not write all of this. I I know this is other people working on it under his imprint, right? But I do like that I can tell someone with a a, a wide base of non-expert knowledge, but, but still like relatively knowledgeable about things, has his hand in all of this. And I, I love this because I love 
that I need to know what exactly forced march does and why it is a skill and why you need to develop that because you can whip the troops and get them going, but how long can you do it for? Do they have the forced march skill? I love this book. Yeah. I, there are many things I love about this book and I will go into some of them as we continue. Now, I believe the skills in this book mark the first introduction of what we now today know as physical skills in mm -hmm. the Palladium Fantasy role-playing game. As you've got a few skills here that do increase your stats or give you extra bonuses, which they didn't have those mm -hmm. in the first book. And I don't think they were in the second book either. Yeah, there's also some different ones here that are fun, too, like flag signaling. Like the, the, the literal human semaphoring uh, on, on that, with, you know, your midshipman's job. Mm -hmm. there, there's just, there's so much cool stuff in here. The heraldry stuff is pretty cool too. Right? Oh, and I love that it's original. Like this is yeah. an original idea. This isn't borrowed from anything historically. This is, the, the heraldry was made for this world with no, there's, this isn't done in the real world. There is no real world comparison to the way this is passed down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there are some of the basics, like, you know, concepts of certain words, like, you know, rampant and sinister and whatnot. But oh, the, yeah, the symbols here are entirely 100% for this world. It's not only it, that, but the changing due to due to where you are in the rank of yeah. that family, you know, your, your precedence, how, how the symbols change is completely new. And that that right there is yet one more of those loving details that i noticed mm -hmm. as a kid and a teenager that kept me coming back to the palladium system right there alongside the rune tables and the symbols and yeah. the circles and this inventive system of imaginary magic those little details of oh, the coins in the first book mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. that's that's why i love these games i am not a hero but I will say that someone has never actually paced out the effective ranges of thrown weapons, like actually walked that distance. Oh, because yeah. if you can throw a, 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 a trident for 120 feet, you are, in fact, Aquaman. Yeah. You know, we've said this before in previous episodes. I, I'm pretty sure that I at least have been <laughs> quoted as saying that Palladium's ranges are terrible. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they they just don't quite get ranges and distances. And you know what? That's OK, because there is so much that that is a minor point of a minor point. Yeah. And there is. And you know what? In this, you are a hero. You are not Matthew, a 45 year old man in Portland, Oregon, who really needs to get on his fucking exercise equipment a little more. You are a goddamn hero. And if you can throw a knife 60 feet accurately, <laughs> then that's probably why you're a hero. Yeah. I mean, I've thrown axes, and let me tell you, I'm not even accurate at 20 feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like 100 feet is a great shot for a bow and arrow, let alone a fucking trident. Yeah. So, speaking of heroes, we have new character classes. Uh, at mm -hmm. least in the first edition, we have the pirate, we have the sailor, we have the gladiator, and four of five very interesting entertainer classes circus folk the acrobat which is one of my favorites the tumbler the prestidigitator mm -hmm. <laughs> the bard and the actor yes, yes dear friends you can join a group consisting of a knight a wizard a long bowman and you can be their traveling 
actor. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say something really kind of, uh, is, is it, is it here in the, the acrobat? It, it says that, uh, somewhere in here, it says we developed acrobatics solely for the use of the acrobat. And then it got put in everything else and everyone always takes it ever because it's a great fucking skill. Yeah. Acrobatics <laughs> and tumbling. Yeah. Put here. And I remember in my old games, all of us were super hardcore about restricting acrobatics and tumbling to the acrobat and the tumbler. Yeah. And I can see that because it gives you a lot. Mm -hmm. Now, second edition takes these character classes, applies their own little special twists to them, and then adds a little bit more on top of that. The Actually, I think the only new one is... Oh, there's tons of new ones. Well, there's the Mariner, because we had the oh, Pirate and the I'm Sailor. Sorry. They've got the Mariner. I'm still in skills. But they've also got the Necromancer. Uh, now they yeah. had a shaman, but the shaman was in first edition in the first mm -hmm. book. The necromancer, I thought was it felt really shoehorned in. It didn't really have its purpose yep. here. Yeah, um, and I'm not sure why they did that. But I, I wanted to really quickly before we move on from skills, talk about some of the new ones in the second edition. Oh yeah, what we got? Because if you wanted to be, you could be a medieval roadie with stage carpentry, lighting, and assembly. <laughs> <laughs> is 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 being a non-combat character like a tumbler or a juggler just too much is that too much in front of the screen well don't worry friend because we actually have the guy who sets up for the bard and and you can you can take that skill and like really be like third tier back in the <laughs> <laughs> yeah in the first edition they had the press to digitator and in the second edition they take that class and give it more stuff like yeah. you can start the game with a rabbit in a hat yeah, <laughs> fucking stage magician. <laughs> I would really like to see though the stage carpentry, lighting, and assembly skill being taken by a uh, by an assassin, because mm. then you have this like without a clue, you know, kind of uh, Inspector Poirot <laughs> kind of villainy there, where you know everything goes wrong in the performance and the actor died and who did it, who done it? Like I could I could really see like this very specific niche rpg being run all based around that like your character's whole focus their specialty is killing stage actors <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much fun here and this is both in first and the second edition yeah uh, it goes into the bard and the actor these are these are still just great 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 little pieces of um of art stuck in there I really like the uh, that that clean line drawings that that you're getting. Yeah. Um. I I like what's in the second as well, but it it's starting it's starting to feel very long. Like uh, it's like this is by Johnson. Like uh, say on page eleven where, with the gladiator, but that that's starting to feel more more simple and less. Uh, I I see you know, what you're saying. Simple wouldn't be the right word. I, I don't know that they do, though. I'm, I'm not saying it right. Yeah, it it lacks the feeling, you know, it. Yeah, it, it lacks that that air of mystery and quaintness of the original yeah. art. It, it went from from art, I think, to comic booky art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they tried to modernize it a little bit for the time. And I don't mm. I don't think that art worked out for me. There is a lot of stuff about gladiators 
in, in both of these, like the, the gladiator is, is one of the main themes at, at the beginning. There is also <laughs> one of the things I like about this is uh, it's basically what you mentioned at the beginning, the errata in the first where it just goes into, okay, so we gave you guys the Diabolist and okay, now we need to talk about that for a second for like four pages. Yeah, we, we thought you would get it, but apparently you didn't. <laughs> so here's four pages about what you didn't get. <laughs> yeah. And the, the summoner too. Um, like there's a, like there, there's some really specific stuff in there. Like apparently uh, one of the things they can do is the, the rune lettering. And the rune lettering is apparently invincible. Like it's, it's indestructible. Yeah. And they had to go out that say, okay, it, the paper it's on isn't okay. It's just the lettering. You can't overlap it. Stop trying to make yourself paper armor of like invincible. Like there, there was a game that went rapidly off the rails there. Yeah. And the DM did not slap it down. Yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I, then there's a lot of that in there. I've played with people like that who mm. you're just like, look, man, either play with the spirit of the game or get the hell away from my table. Yeah. I want to take a step back to the bard and the actor. And Sweet. I want to make a note here for people who are not familiar with these classes in the palladium sense of them. These are not what you would expect were you coming from Dungeons and Dragons. The bard is exactly that. They are a wandering singer, instrument player, musician. Historian. They have no magical powers. <laughs> they are... Yeah. They are not the AD&D, jack-of-all-trades type of character. They are a wandering musician. They are much, much closer to the character of Jaskier from The Witcher than they are anything you might be familiar with in Dungeons & Dragons. And you know what? I like that because one of the things they are is also um, a seeker of old tales and uh, a keeper of old chants, old, you know, the oral histories. That, that's also part of their part of their job mm -hmm. in some ways the 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 spirit of it is closer to like a uh like a, a rogue historian yeah I, I would suppose they're 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 very close to it you can actually i guess if you take a look you can kind of see the foundation of the rogue scholar in yeah. this class the 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 whole focus on the oral history of the world i like that too that this at this point ad and d has been out mm-hmm and they they chose to go in a completely different direction with with the bard, like this was a conscious choice. Everyone knew the bard at that at that point and what it was because you know there's still jokes being made about it. I, I really like that they said no, we're not going to do that. This is you know, are you from the the singing scalds or the roaring scalds? You know, what kind of history do you keep? <laughs> I really I really like that choice. Yeah, I I I agree. It's. It is a lovely class. I, myself, as a player in these games, I lean heavily towards the more uh, social or less stabby classes. Mm -hmm. it, even with magicians, like I, pref I love the summoner and diabolist. They have such versatility, and I love, you know, the the merchant <laughs> or the noble or. Mm -hmm. The vagabond and stuff, because I feel that they have so much more role playing potential than guy with sword number 17. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, OCCs after that. In the first one, they give you that greatest of all gifts, all the different kinds of character sheets you could need, which is mm. which is just nice. 
followed by more magical items and more magical fabrics and drugs and curses and fairy foods and herbs and gems and semi-metal stones. So on the first edition, I have a new favorite picture on page 41. It's by uh, Ciambietta and Astrakhan. Astrakhan. It's the, the, I think that it's the alchemist. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But I love what's going on in this picture. Like there's, there's a creature crying out of a bottle and he's, he's summoning something out of an inkwell and, and there's a little tongue and angry eyes that lives in the spine of his book. And it's just, <laughs> it's so good. I love it so much. I love it so much more than the classic wizard pondering an orb picture, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and like no one's constipated and no one's leaping. And yeah, I, I, I like that. I love, I love the sense of whimsy that you sometimes get out of Palladium. Uh-huh. The little face with the tongue and the spine is, is a nice yeah. little touch. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> In between the first and the second, I will say the second is way better organized. The first jumps around quite a bit. Yeah, I'll give it that. But after a while, it does get into the actual seafaring stuff. Mm-hmm. There, well, once you get past the magic makeup and the... Uh, at least in first edition, the vanishing cream, the dream stones, the guardians, the eye of the cat, all, all of these kind of magic items and stuff. You get into what I think and curses. There's a lot of curses. I really like the gems. I like that they go into like descriptions and values mm-hmm. and, and details on why you might use gems. And, and it's a nice touch. Were you going to use these fairy foods on us if we went in the wrong part of that forest? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. That, in fact, okay. So, what we were playing through in that little mini campaign was a mm-hmm. classic Palladium Fantasy first edition adventure called The Arms of Nargash Tor. And listeners, for a long time, getting it uh, was very difficult because it was a small print run and very expensive if you were searching at the wrong time. However, it is now reprinted in the new special edition Palladium first edition hardback reprint print that they put out earlier this year nice anyway aside from that there's drugs like straight up (laughs) drugs and it's not just you know it's not just oh the gnomes brew a thing that makes them a little no there's there's fucked up drugs with consequences very (laughs) inventive drugs with names that they made up and and their street names as well and all the different things that will happen and the power you know the the dangers of addiction and and I'll tell you, when I was in high school, I ran a short Palladium fantasy game. And one of the players who was just kind of, uh, yeah, no, kind of a miscreant fellow in general, he decided to play a troll assassin. And then one day he was looking through the book and he saw these drugs. He's like, I'm going to be a drug dealer. <laughs> and that was one of the most uncomfortable games I ever ran. <laughs> oh, God, I, I, I believe it. Yeah, but like I mean, Cargolan, uh, uh, which slang is Kang, zombie, or lightning? Rare. That's fucking crack, dude. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> like this is a plant resembling a wild potato, valued for its root. The root is crushed, diluted with water, strained, and then boiled into a concentrate. The result is a brown-colored crystal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. And th- like, there's there's more and more and more <laughs> more drugs. Do you know warafin is a downer? Yeah. It's a lot of drugs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
we finally get to the seas and the adventures starting on page 56 of the first edition book and page 42 of the second edition book. Yeah, and you, ha- you have to go through the Necromancer for some reason to get to the actual high seas. I'm, I'm not sure why. Yeah, again, the Necromancer just doesn't make any sense. I'm not sure why yeah. it's here. It would make, there's a, later there's a book on the jungles. It would make more yeah. sense in like a jungle setting, you know? Um, to start out with, I think this entire thing is very, very, very hard to do. Naval combat is an inherently hard to do thing, especially in a system that is not set up for miniatures. Naval combat is, 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 is crunchy. That's, that's half the fun of, of what it is. I think they did a really good job with where they were at and keeping it within Palladium's rules. It would not be quick, but I mean, I, I, I would play it. Yeah. I mean, I've never run naval combat before because I just, you know, not really my thing. <laughs> yeah. But I've played in a naval game and that was a lot of fun. I just, I'm glad that I wasn't in charge of keeping track of where everything was. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think anyone here in Palladium has ever worn chainmail though. Cause you can get out of chainmail in like five seconds. It's super easy. You guys, it does not take 10 minutes. Are you yourself thinking of like full body chainmail or like a chain shirt? Either or like either or it's super easy to get out of chainmail. Okay. All right. Especially when you're being dragged by the heavy part, head down. Yeah, <laughs> you just put your arms up. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what they were doing, but uh, once it's just a weird little disconnect. Anyway, they, that's the naval combat. I think you're referring to, which is, I think, at the back of the book. Yeah, after all no, no, this is uh, how how fast what happens if you go overboard. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. it does kind of skip around there. Yeah, because there's yeah, there's the like rules. you start with the Sea of Despair and then it yeah. starts giving rules on stuff that can be used everywhere. But it's somehow just in this adventure. And yeah, well, that's that's Palladium for you, <laughs> yeah. you know, where important rules are embedded somewhere that you might not know where to find them. <laughs> they have random encounter tables aplenty in the first. So edition. many. This, I think, is where the second edition shines. The second edition has way more random encounter tables. They yes. are a thing of beauty. They just, they're just fantastic. They're wonderful. And if you know me, I love random encounter tables. <laughs> I will say, uh, glance on my first time read through of both. It feels to me like first edition had more maps. Were you getting that as well? The first edition feels like it's more packed with stuff. I think because the font is a little smaller mm. and it, there's less of the filler art. So it's more, uh, when you when you get the maps, they I think they stand out more. But when I yeah. was going through and looking, everything seemed about the same. The only thing that was missing, I believe, in first edition of the several adventures, one of them didn't make it, and it was like a very minor adventure at the in the end of the book on one of the demon islands. It wasn't or I forget the name set of it. the Forbidden Isle. Denizens? No, it was towards the end. I think it was Griffin's nest, something with the pirates. There was an adventure with the pirates okay. at the very, very back. But yeah, most of the rest of it's there. And it's this is a fascinating look at islands all over the world. 
Like mm-hmm. it doesn't just focus on one specific region of the oceans. It it shows like here's this island kingdom over here, and here's this island kingdom over here, mm-hmm. and you know here's the details on the sea that separates them, and here's this other island kingdom. And what I really like is that in the Byzantium section is yes. a a fully written out record of this guy's travels around the fucking world, <laughs> written out like a journal. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I, I really like these books because they have so much in them. Um, yeah. There are so many places where you can hang your hat and say, "This is where we're adventuring." Uh, is it the Isles of Yoda? Is it um, the the Byzantium? Are you are you doing a, a problem with the the wolf and like dog boys? Like wh- where where are you? There are so many different different areas, and we have maps of them. Yeah. And in the typical Palladium style, there is not only just the maps and this is the barbershop and this is where you sell this and this is where you buy this, but it's, this is what they want. These are the major players. This are, these are the subplots of the area, not entirely fleshed out, but enough, enough to give you, okay, they went this way. Fuck, 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 fuck. Okay. This is what's going on in this part of the world. Gotcha. We're back on track. You know, the story continues. It's fully laid out in a way that a GM can use it at the table to build out a sandbox. Yeah. You have a world here and it it basically presents it like this. Here's this world. Here are people in this world that want things go forth Mm -hmm. and do. Yeah. And that God, again, for the, for the millionth time, this is where palladium really shines over everyone else. It's not, it's, it's like the difference between, you know, iPhone and Android. One is a walled garden. And one just says, go ye forth and play, (laughs) you know, (laughs) or no, no, you will see shit. You don't want to see the islands with their mysteries and dangers, the residents of the demon isle, quote unquote, the, the, their little story, the, the The whole thing about the Cyclops. I mean, yeah. Oh, everything about the Cyclops is neat. They have their own civilization. Unlike anything that you might imagine, if you're just coming from D and D with the really stupid Cyclops, you've got the islands, the Flowinry Island chain, which we revisit in a few books later at the Island Mm -hmm. at the edge of the world. And it's man, so much, so much awesome stuff here to do. It is as full of stuff as old ones was, but all of yes. it's on the ocean. Yeah. This is a very island centric um, thing because this is, there's a reason islands are important, especially in the age of sail. You need to restock and resupply. You need, you know, new people because the monsters ate that, you know, Jeff, got to get another Jeff. <laughs> um, <laughs> got to go to the guild of Jeff's. And I, I like that it it didn't attempt to do it didn't attempt to do a water deep, you know, kind of thing where it's like this is this is the main and everything else is secondary to it. It just did this is the whole world. It's all important. You can go in any direction. It it just just did it the way Palladium does. And I fucking I fucking love Palladium for this. Same. <laughs> and adventures and oh my god, we've been talking about this for forty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> You got NPCs, you got an adventures, you got the fairy aisles, yeah. you have the Cyclops aisles, you've got the dog boy aisles, like you, you've got, you've got everything. You've got Lemuria again, not to be confused with the Rifts one. Yeah. I mean, no, this is Lemuria. Mm-hmm. Ex- excuse me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Different vowel. <laughs> yeah. There's, 
There's so much, and it's all so well done. Yeah, it's a great book. I think it's a fantastic companion to the first two. I would even go so far as to say that if you're going to run a first edition Palladium Fantasy game, mm-hmm. you need all three of the first books. Right? Yeah. And, but but it's not like the you know Player's Handbook, Dungeon Master's Guide, Monster Manual. This is This gives you a world to explore. Yeah, this is a whole campaign, several even. Rules in errata and stuff in the second and third book will help you run the game for, as presented in the first. Yeah, there's there's places in here that feel right to me, and I don't I don't really know how to explain this well, but there, there are thoughts and characters and places in here that, and it might just be an affinity with uh, how people the writer's brain works, but there are places in here that I myself personally want to go and and play around in as as a player. I I would I I love all the thought that went into this book. Once you take away the, the, the necromancer and just put that in the book they belong in yeah. everything else here is, is just spot on. Perfect. I, I love the first edition. I love the second edition too. I just like the first edition's art better. Yeah. But the first edition doesn't have the necromancer. So you're safe. Yeah. Folks. You're safe. <laughs> okay. So as to what a Carol, a ships of the world, these, these are way off. Uh, <laughs> They're just, yeah, they're just, they're just not right. Like they're, they're calling things in, incorrectly. Like, uh, it's not a lanteen. That's a snow. Uh, there's just, just, there's just stuff. But I mean, for what it is, it's like, it's like way, way better than anyone else's efforts on this to, to this day still, I think, unless it's a specifically a, a, a high seas game. Because you have you have the the SDC of each location, the crew, what type they are. You have its dimensions, features of note, the speed. There are some things that I find like really weird. Like you have what is basically like a ship of the line type style, which is weird because they don't have cannons. So I don't really see the point. <laughs> but and that's exists with in the same area as like a, a Phoenician galley. Which is, you know, we pull together, pull, lads. And yeah, it's 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 odd, but I mean, whatever, it's cool, you know. Boats. I love boats. Yeah. I have so little personal knowledge of maritime shit. So (laughs) (laughs) and most of the people I think I game with, you being the exception, also have little knowledge of maritime shit. So it's like I as long as you don't get self-conscious about it, folks, you can you can run with this. And for those of you at home, just remember, if you're standing at the back of the boat looking forward, okay? Aft, looking forward. Port is your left, starboard is your right. Port is your left, starboard is your right. Yep. That's all. That is my original contribution to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs> I got, I, I, I don't know what to say because there's so much in this book. Like this is, this is a meaty dense book that would be possible to run years of campaigning off of. There, there's so much to cover. Yeah. Just these first three books alone is a lifetime of gaming. Yeah. I, maybe that's the problem with it. Like maybe it's just too much. Maybe, the, maybe they give you too much for that, that little bit of money that, that, 
Palladium books have always cost, you know? Well, in comparison to things like AD&D 2nd Edition and uh, various other games that came afterwards, something that those games do that Palladium never really has bothered with is focus really high on production, you know, the the presentation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's affectations of the page, there's borders, there's backgrounds, this isn't a page, it's an illuminated scroll. And stuff. Palladiums, I don't know, they've never really done that. And I think a lot of people will look at it and think, oh, this is, <laughs> what is, what is this? This isn't a role-playing game. <laughs> I, my role-playing game must be at least $60 for a player's handbook <laughs> or something. And I don't see anyone here who looks constipated. No one's leaping. I just don't understand. I don't see three angry heroes staring at an approaching horde of darkness while waving their weapons around. No yeah. action poses, you know, just <laughs> little slices of the world. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I you know, it's, it's, it's the difference between Kevin Costner's Robin Hood and like, uh, and like Disney's Robin Hood, you know, just one is clearly better. <laughs> that would... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and dear listener, if, your answer to that one is obviously the Kevin Costner one. You're wrong and get out. Yeah, seriously. I mean, we're, we're tolerant of all people and all, all ways of being. But if you are Kevin fucking Costner, <laughs> just, just go jump off something high. Oh, uh, yeah. So you're not a fan. When I killed the sheriff's man. Twang. <laughs> My name's Robin Hood. <laughs> you want to be some of my merry men? <laughs> Acting seems to have left the fucking building every time he walks in. <laughs> All right. Anyway, <laughs> back to these books. Matthew, what do you think? Do we need them? Yes. Yes. I mean, no, uh, no. You know what? I'll be honest. No, you don't need them. Should you have them? Absolutely. And you should have them both. Yeah. They both have their worth. Yeah, and I mean, you can pick them up both for less than, I mean, you can pick both of them up new for less than a, a whatever PHB 8.0 or whatever the fuck D&D is on now. Um, they're going to have to restart a new edition because, you know, all the streamers doing D&D over and over and over again. So they're going to need to, like, cash in on that. Yep. Soon. I think they're already starting it. There's You know what? With an app and everything. I didn't, yeah. I didn't buy anything this round. It was so liberating. It felt so good. Yeah, I just let it go. I just let it pass me. I that's two. I let myself get initially excited mm-hmm. before I really saw it in action and came to realize how much I didn't like it. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's just, it's just it's just bad. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> do yourself a favor and uh, and get yourself Palladium because yep. uh, they're still going on their. Uh, I mean, there's first and second edition, but you can still play either one with them with the core rulebook. So, you know, there's that. And also, right now, Palladium has already started up their Christmas end-of-the-year grab bag offer. So if you Mm -hmm. want to get a hold of one of the best deals in gaming, we talk about it every year. We'll be talking about it more this year. It's like 50 or 55 bucks for a stack of things that are autographed and custom-tailored to your requests and style. Uh, You can get multiple, like I usually do. 
and be sure to make room on your gaming shelves for the many new Palladium books that you'll be ordering soon. Crap, we need to we need to do a show about that. Incidentally, like the care and keeping of a Palladium collection, like we <laughs> we need to talk about that because I'm running out of space, and I am I know I only have like a quarter of what you have. Yeah, I'm the space is getting tight over here, man. <laughs> yeah, it's getting tight. Yeah, and you can also get all of the first edition books on Drive Through RPG. Yeah, Drive Through RPG yeah. is great. I worry about stuff like that though cuz I don't know like what does digital rights management mean? Like do you get to pass that uh like email and login down to your children like you would a book or mm. is that just gone? Well, I think we've briefly <laughs> glossed over that at some point in a previous episode but i i don't think you're legally allowed to do that however if i had a kid i would pass them my digital collection why not mm -hmm. you know yeah weird anyway okay so th yeah that's that's 50 minutes on sea critters <laughs> there is a lot of sea critters in here incidentally i don't know if we even talked about that <laughs> yeah there's a lot of fun stuff. You need to get these books if you've ever had any interest in in the Palladium RPG world. Well, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Starships, magic, mystic martial arts, romance. All of these can be found in A Cloak of Blades by Isaac Sher. You might have heard my name before. I've done a lot of voiceover work for Breakfast Puppies. And I've recently released my first novel. It's available on Amazon as an ebook and paperback, and you can get it for free if you have a Kindle Unlimited subscription. I do hope you'll support my work as you're supporting Breakfast Puppies. And it's been a pleasure talking with you today. Have a good one. You've been listening to The Glitter Boys, a Palladium Books fan podcast. Glitter Boys, Rifts, the Megaverse, and all other such topics are the property of Kevin Sambita and Palladium Books. Please buy all their stuff and help keep them in print and making more games. You can order directly at palladiumbooks.com, and their entire catalog is available digitally at DriveThruRPG as well. Our opening music is 8-Bit Bass and Lead by Furby Guy from freesound.org. This closing music is Caravana by Philip Gross, available at freemusicarchive.org. All sound effects used are self-made or acquired via Creative Commons Zero License. If you like what you have heard, find us on Twitter and Facebook as The Glitter Boys. That's B-O-I-S. And check us out online at breakfastpuppies.com slash glitterboys. And also join us on the Breakfast Puppies Network Discord at breakfastpuppies.com slash discord. And if you want to help us out, please spread the word and help us build a community. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time.